course. Everyone yeah. knew that, you know. Yeah. Don't encourage Pete. Do not encourage Pete. No. You're encourageable. Is that the word? Intolerable? Entice. <laughs> encourageable? It's got to be something like that. I was just trying to catch a cocaine story. We missed it. Oh, did I? Yeah. I thought that's what you wanted to start. that fucking one there? He's already lost his career. He just has one cocaine story. Yeah. No, no, there's only another one. It's more meth. I don't really want to talk about that. Oh, really? But we can talk about the addiction, I reckon. I think that's quite good. I think we're all addicts. Men's health is good, you know? Like, men's health stuff's good. Yeah, man. Yes. Like, I... I focus for me I now. Good. Obviously, <laughs> after dying three times, you go. It's you, men need to be aware of that shit. I actually mm. found a fucking lump in my boob last night. I've already been to the doctor. Really? Like, yeah, I yeah. found one too. Yeah, yeah. Because it was my dad died. I didn't die from breast cancer, but he had his chest plate taken off. It made me stress a little bit. Like last night, I was like, fucking at the doctor today. Yeah. Um, what was it? it well, he just says because I had a cyst cut out of one when I was eleven. Mum goes, "What side?" And I was like. 11 and I can't remember what side yeah. I can't remember if the scars even growing over yeah. but um, but men can get breast cancer 200 men in Australia every year right I, I read on Dr Google last night that's, so a, that's a quality right yeah, there yeah 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 so, so did you know what it was yeah. well no no because I got to go on Thursday for um, not a mammogram I know that because I've got no tits but uh, well, I have yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I found a lump too. Yeah, yeah, because they. But so I just, I just kind of ignore it like all men do. Yeah, and so fucking that's, just that's what I'm saying. Yeah. We do. We, as yeah. men, we just fucking ignore this stuff, and you go. We always find them, then go. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah just when you're on your balls and shit like that. I mean, you know. Yeah. I, I mean, I got. That's yes, right. Yeah, yeah, I got the best thing. <laughs> Everyone said to me, "Good, when you're going to be a chef, you're going to be you, uh, the top three. You're going to be, going to be gay." Um, an addict and an alcoholic, and I said, "Fuck, I got two out of three Yeah, I was the like, gay bit. Yeah, gay. Yeah, that's right. You know, and drug addict. You know what I mean? Like it's been <laughs> a, an addict, and, and managing that shit is hard. You know, <laughs> especially yeah. those two together. Totally. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it does make some stuff easier, though. Do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, that's what you straight boys all reckon. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> well, you, makes all, you all think that it's easy, but but trust me, when, when there's fifty cuffs on, it's fifty cuffs. You know what I mean? So right. Can, well, it, it makes being an addict. Misses, you know, like. But your health is important. Like that. I think, I think if you've died three times, health is important. It's super important. I think, and look, it's important to still enjoy your life. I think there's um, there's got to be a balance of, of that, and I think but that should happen as you get older. But um, but I think as men, we just forget to, and chefs too, like we forget Definitely. about ourselves a little bit, and we put so much focus into customers and food and yeah. and our passion that yeah. we forget about ourselves. Even like, the workplace, man. We've talked about like putting the workplace before yourself at all costs. It's a weird uh, mentality to have. And hey. imagine these boys with families. You know what I mean? Like, that, yeah. uh, like Lockie's lucky he's got one kid. You know what I mean? Imagine if you had three and then you've got all that soccer and netball and shit that go on. Yeah. And I experienced that for seven years like uh, with uh, one of my partner's boys and, and, um, and I loved it, like, uh, it immensely. But, but imagine having three and then having to work full time and not being having flexibility in your work too. Yeah. Like someone like Kenny back when he started doing what he was doing um, and he's got two kids or three, I think, think two girls. Uh, and, um, yeah, two. And, and, and they were young and they were starting to do sports and stuff but he had to go and open Marika because if he, did, he didn't do it, no one was going to do it. Mm, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they were all of that. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's, and that's the thing. I remember Elaine from the Loose Box when I was doing my training and, um, and he'd have his kid in a pram inside the kitchen no way. Yeah, yeah. But of course, you know, as well, right. That's, but yeah. they could because they had the loose box and, yep. and it was a, only open for the nights and then Friday lunch and, and Saturday, uh, Sunday lunches. So he could have the kid in the, in Natalie, her name is, beautiful yep. girl now. Yep. Um, and, um, 
and it's funny because your podcast is no crying in the cool room. And she used to cry, right? Okay, and and he just opened the courtroom door and wheel her into the courtroom, <laughs> closed the door for ten minutes. You think is, she, is yeah. she okay in there? I bet she stopped crying. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah nice and chilled in there. Yeah, the know? cool temperatures. No yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe everyone else was crying in the in the cool room yeah. while she was in there. Just went, what is going I on? I used here? to go dry my eyes. Like I was tough back then. I wasn't gay. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> you weren't gay then. Yeah, you know, I was always sitting on the fence, but I remember he'd get you that wound up. You know that you just you'd almost be in tears, and but rather than let him see that you go in the cool room and dry the eyes off and totally. then, then get yeah. back out there shuffle something was that yeah. your would you shuffle things just muck around in yeah. there you know yeah. make sure the glad wrap or the dates are on something totally back then you had to. right at the back yeah. in the back <laughs> corner right. underneath I, I remember burning, a stack. Uh, burning <laughs> we used to comfy these lamb bones that was for the rack you know so you'd skewer each side of the leg you take the loin off and you'd you get the rack and you'd skewer in and out in that with with the skewer you put them all into duck fat and comfy them for an hour um if you're really short on time, you can put them in the oven for a little bit and roast them, and you get the same sort of effect. Yep. Well, I burnt like the whole tray, mm. and I ran downstairs because it, it was the, the house was on stilts. I thought, oh, I can't get caught doing this, and I ran them, ran them downstairs, underneath the stairs. And, but I was put them, we were right underneath the office, right? Yep. And he was sitting in the office, and he goes, you could smell was burnt lamb boat. <laughs> <laughs> and he walks out, and he's like, Who burnt the lamb boat? Who burnt the lamb boat? And I'm like, Mel, it was Mel, <laughs> and he just his nose was that good at it, you know. So, yeah. um, and just the way he trained, like you, he showed me to bone a quail once, and um, and uh, he, I, yeah, this little baby paring knife. It was a Wusthof one. It was the cutest knife you ever got in your life. Yeah. It was like the boning knife, but it was only like that that size. Yeah. Um, so the end of it was that big, yeah. and perfect for quails. You know, he showed me how to do it, and by the time he walked around the stove because it was a big centerpiece he um he could see i was struggling with the way that he showed me but rather than grabbing the knife and say look pete i'll show you another way to to do it he goes oh you're doing it all fucking wrong you know what i mean I'm gonna, and starts yelling at you and, yeah. and it was his way of showing you i can see you're struggling but um i'll show you this way and then i picked it up a lot quicker you mm. know what i mean nobody bones quails anymore do they you know? No, uh, <laughs> third world countries do, and yeah, then they yeah, send them yeah. over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So should we take it all the way back to the start? Like, mm. uh, we'll go back to the apprenticeship and then yeah. move yeah. forward. I guess. Yeah. I guess yeah. so. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, we're already underway. Dying. You know what I mean? Like, David. yeah. By, um, by yeah. the way, this is Peter Manifest, <laughs> <laughs> culinary legend. In Perth. this is how we do the Thank body you, anyway. We just start. I love talking, so you know. Yeah, it's like, good. Yeah, 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 no, when you said yesterday, come along. I was like, yes. I feel like that's a good introduction. He's never going to say no. We know he's done cocaine. <laughs> he's been gay. <laughs> he died three times. Died three times. It's a good start. And he's a good chef. Yeah. yeah. Um, we should we'll probably just give a premise to people that don't know what the loose box is because it's not something. It's not something we, we, we know. It's not something I've heard kicked of. off uh, YouTube for saying loose box. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I reckon it wouldn't be hard to say that loose box is probably the best WA restaurant of all time. Be pretty close. Yeah. Iconic-wise. So. Like, yeah, I think yeah. iconically. I think... There's a bunch out there, but... Yeah, I'm, Dave yeah. Coomer and, and yeah, there's sure. all of them. They're all those, and why, I call them the old dinosaurs these yeah. days. Why was it iconic? at the same time. It's just yeah. French food. And you, you got the French training up there. For a chef, you, you got the French training without having to leave to go to Europe. Whereas a lot of the boys at the time, during my apprenticeship, would, would do their apprenticeships and then leave to go to Europe for four years and then come back again. Yeah. Um, and they'd have that French training and they come back, they brought that back to Australia. And I always thought, well, I've done it here. I don't need to leave. I need to help build the industry. Yeah. I need to be a part of that. I need to make sure we, we still stay on the path because everyone was leaving. You know, like all the good good chefs and my friends were leaving. 
And I was like, no, no, I'm going to stay and help build and help build, you know. And, mm. and I, I got my apprenticeship really interestingly because um, we went up there uh, as a group of um, uh, TAFE students. So I did, back then there was a thing called a pre-apprenticeship. So you did an, a, you've all your TAFE at that one first year. Great way to do it because it's all done and dusted. Then you get three years on the job, mm. you know. So now it'd be one full year and two years on the job. But the full year at TAFE, great because you get all your first bits and pieces sorted, how to use a knife, do that sort of stuff. Safety safe. issues, I Safety, guess. Safety, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, how to kill people, yeah. you know, how to yeah. make turkey gravy with Gravox and shit like that. Like, yeah, very well. Yeah. Ways of how to do it. Um, and I did it up in Port Hedland, so there was only a class of eight of us, you know. Um, and so between each six months, another class would start. And we all raised, two classes raised enough money, uh, fundraising, and we came down to Perth, went to a place called Chantrell Restaurant, um, which, was, which was fine dining, um, unlicensed, loose box, which was fine dining licensed, mm-hmm. um, and then that was back when the gold plates only had eight gold plates, not this forty-eight gold plates. You know, yeah. so it was a bit like the food guide, but it was it was a lot more exclusive. Still a little bit who you know, um, yeah. but still um, uh, it was still a good thing of who was the best. And loose box always won. Unlicensed fine dining, unlicensed fine dining. But it was good food. It was great food. Yeah, yeah amazing. He used to do this beautiful chicken sauce, right, which um, he'd make an aioli, a 10-egg ten, ten yolk aioli, and then he'd make a saffron uh, chicken stock and pour it over the aioli and cook it out like it was an anglaise, a bit savoury, mm. and fucking, like, That's amazing. Smart. Pour it over this chicken, which was stuffed with a yabby and chicken mousse, like a chicken breast, really? which steamed, yeah. yeah. Really great, amazing, amazing dish. Yeah. Um, Is it knighted? Yeah, a couple knighted. times, I think. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. knighted, knighted yeah, yeah, yeah. by... Uh, He's a French bloke. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he's knighted by the French government. He's like Sir Elaine in France. Mm. Really? Yeah, yeah. so knighted for extraordinary um, performance uh, about promoting France, French, everything French outside of his country. Wow. You know, so, and an MOF. And he came to Perth to do this. Yeah, but he worked at the Sheraton like for the first three years or something, you know. Not mm. only that, the loose box was in Mundaring. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Before yeah. there was nowhere else in between before, it either. Wait, <laughs> why before before there was cars, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why did he Just pick one? one we're on horseback, you know. Just like one I'm dead road. <laughs> what was the uh, restaurant like? Beautiful, like it, the, an old house. Yeah, and and he had gardens, um, and you in the middle of service, you run out of sage fritters, and you'd have to run out to the garden and and pick the sage to make the fritters and shit like that would go on, or you'd grow artichokes, or and you got to see food right in its in its raw form. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, uh, uh, and, and like you'd be there cracking yabby, like we'd go through 40, 60 kilos of yabbies. Um, and then he'd make us crack all the, uh, on a Sunday night before you went home um, for the week after doing 80 hours and getting paid for 40, which I appreciate, <laughs> Chef. Thank you. We've already been over this, you know. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, and, and, you, uh, and yes, the government isn't going to take you for all your money. It's all good. Um, but he'd, he'd make you crack all the um, yabby claws and we'd vacuum them and freeze them down to better put them in the, the cheap tarts for the Friday lunch, which we did a cheap, cheaper lunch, you know. Yeah. So you'd make like a yabby quiche with leek and potato in it. Mm. Um, but you'd use all those yabby legs. Imagine kids these days, you gave them a big bucket of yabby legs on a Sunday night when they want to go home. They're like, well, yeah, it's time to clock off. Thank you. It's time to yeah. go. I think they would just um, leave. Yeah, they just leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can get away with a little bit. But, um, and I think they've got to give a little bit too. I think it's important that kids remember that. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, you know, people that are bringing up their kids, you should be saying you've got to give a little bit together. Because I did four weeks free trial at the Loose Box. So we all went up there. Um, did this dinner. I was only 14 years old. Yeah. I was had a couple of little brewskis, you know, little wines, because they, because I was already at TAFE. I'd already left school year 10. My 
my birthday is 30th of December, so I was, but I was younger than everybody. Yeah. Um, and I just, I was headed to the Witch's Cauldron, you know, like that was where it was all sorted out. My friend, my parents knew um, the people that owned the Witch's Cauldron. And Tony Humphreys at the Witch's Cauldron said to me, uh, oh, Elaine, I went up there and I blew me away. I was like, I thought, I thought it was steak and chips I was going to learn to, be, learn to be cooking. Once I saw that food, it was like, fuck, like this is... This is food, you know, yeah. like that, that chicken dish and shit like that. Bill, you're uh, into it? Like oh, it was great. Amazing. Yeah. And, and all the hot girls were trying to get his number at the end. And I had, because I had, had those couple <laughs> of wines, I was pretty confident. You buzzed. And I stood up and said, this has changed my fucking, you know, my way that I think about food. Um, I'm allowed to swear, huh? Yeah. Not yeah, too course. much. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, changed my, it changed my whole life on, on my expectation of what food was. So I stood up and said that after a couple of wines, you know. Yeah. And he, so straight away, four days later, I hadn't con- he gave me his card. I hadn't contacted him. He rung TAFE, then got my number of my auntie because I was still down in Perth and said, you need to bring this boy up to speak to me. I was 14, went up there and he said, you need to come up here for, you know, for work experience. Um, four weeks uh, free and then with that all worked in with TAFE for the end of the year so I came down here and then from there I just started working mm. my, my first job that I did I love I, this question yes first job that I did was bone a box of rabbits did you? yeah yeah because I was second year so I wasn't first year because that first year's gone so yeah. you walked in and he fucking brought out a box of rabbits really? and I had this 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 Wustoff's trident knives. Rabbits are a bitch as well, dude. They've got the ram like that and take yeah. the leg. They've got their little bone, the extra bone. And then he'd take, you have to take all the sinew off these ones because he'd, he'd um, soak them in oil and garlic and thyme and then he'd make a breadcrumb of um, seps so, um, or porcini um, for the average chef that doesn't know what seps are, you know, like, <laughs> uh, uh, to mustard, mustard powder, um, time, chop time, and then the breadcrumb, and you'd, you'd lay them all on wire trays, all the loins and the leg pieces with no sinew on it, and brush them just with egg yolk, no flour, just egg yolk, and then you'd put them into that mix, and then set them aside with, with parchment paper inside, hmm. and, um, and then for each dish you'd pan fry that in clarified butter. You know, mm. went on a beautiful Dijon mustard sauce with um with crispy onion rings on top of it. Yeah, like right. um that was back when dude food wasn't even a thing. Yeah. And he was doing onion rings, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And the onion yeah, rings but from were, onions. Yeah, yeah, from onions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know what this is. onion rings, blanch them, soak them in milk, yeah. get your paprika flour, in things, straight like and I was still trying to do that at the pub when I when I started working at the pub, I was like, yeah. and these people just don't get it. No. You know what I mean? Like, we we've we chatted about this the first time, this was like six years into my career. I, I just did casual like agency work at a pub and it was like make a, a jus mm. and they were calling it a demi yeah. so I was like oh, I can make a demi whereas there's, they didn't have any un, they didn't any vegetables in the fridge well, they were just getting water and tin yeah and the, and the <laughs> bucket the green bucket. I love that shit and then they, then they, <laughs> yeah of course mm-hmm. yeah well, you had it on, you, I saw you the other day when you were you had it you poured it on um, on the your chips. chips the chips you yeah, know yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I love that gravy for chips. One. I love it for chips. I yeah. think if you, if you go to a pub, you can't... It definitely has a place in the pub. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Sausages and mash, I reckon. But I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just remember being true. laughed at, like, how do you not know this? It's like, mm. how do you not know how to roast bones? Like, well, well, Tayflex orders to get turkey bones for the Christmas buffet that we... That bal- the Ballantines that we used to make and all this carry-on. Yeah. And... Um, and they get the, the the turkey bones and the lecturer told us, so you made turkey stock, but then you still had the booster into it. So it was like the best of both worlds. You know what I mean? So we always got taught with yeah. that little bit of stuff. Yeah. Best thing at the loose box, well, the box of rabbits took me 
12 hours to bone. Did it, I was yeah, going yeah, yeah, My yeah. first job ever in a kitchen was boning quails. Yeah, well, that's... I had to bone 300 quails. It took yuck. me all day. And yuck. I was I was hands sore, back sore, yeah. everything fucked. And I was like, man, chefing is hard. Dude. Hard work. <laughs> and, then, and then no holes in those quails because if you want to stuff them, you know, like, if you people don't, don't know call fat, you know, we used to rub, rub, rub all that call fat around them. If they had yeah. a hole, it wasn't an issue. Yeah. But, you know, if they didn't put the call fat on it, you're just wrapping bits of pancetta around it and, and that. Like, you yeah, go, yeah. you know. People. Are they called, um, in England, faggots? Yes. They are, with the call fat? Well, that's not the only thing they call a faggot around here. No, that, uh, so yeah. not <laughs> you do that, know that, bro. <laughs> It's well, also I'm cabbage. I think it's anything. It's anything like that wrap, though. Yeah. Surely, is it? I think it's oh, cabbage, it is as, cabbage well. as well. Yeah, but you're you can right. definitely. But it's like a ball. Yeah. Well, isn't it? Isn't it? You're right. Isn't what Scottish? Isn't that like like um, uh, when they cook the haggis? The haggis. It's a bit, it's a bit like that. I a bit think. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit like they stuff that. that. Um, so they're box you, of rabbits. You were boning a box of rabbits, and you were like, "Oh, this is for me." You're still in. Yeah, yeah. I was. Hang on. Because um, <laughs> you're you're 14, you've moved down. Yeah, 14 years old. That's a tough first job, yeah, and you're yeah, like, oh, this is cool. I like yeah, it. Yeah, I loved it straight away. I was, wow. I was in. We, I was in even when we, they, he made us scrub the copper pots at the end of the night, even though you had a kitchen down on. And yeah. all those copper pots used to have to be shiny, hang it back up. And if they were black the next day because you put too much vinegar in the mix, you'd be doing them again. Really? Yeah, yeah. And he used to make a mix. This is this is a good one. This is old school shit, bro. Yeah. yeah. Boy, he used to make a mix sand. Egg white, I love salt, it. This one. Um, vinegar, <laughs> lemon juice, and flour, and water. <laughs> and he'd make that mix. But if you put too much vinegar in it, they'd be all black in the next day. Oh, really? Yes, I'd be all there scrubbing again. And he had 40 pots. Wow. 40 coppers. Didn't you, didn't you, didn't you even re-stainless them? The yeah, we, we used to repot. He used to um, re-tin. So, yeah, so the, 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 the copper... Um, and the reason why copper's so good is because there's, you know how all the modern pots these days there's a there's a gap you have your cast iron or whatever your copper at the bottom then you then there's a little gap you can see there's a line around them well copper doesn't have that it's just one piece so what happens is it, with the the modern pots fat gets in in that join and that's how they start to separate then the heat becomes uneven yeah. whereas a, a copper pot will stay even all the way through. And it'll start and stop really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the tin, so the, but they were lined with tin, which probably wasn't great for the human body. Probably the reason why I've got breast cancer these days. I haven't got breast cancer. Just, another love. But the tin, he, on the weekends, he'd make his, um, not make his, I shouldn't say, it was a harsh word he'd make his. We'd want to go because we wanted to learn. We were, it was, you were fierce to learn because you wanted to be better than Mal or, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, need to Mal. be better than all of them, you know. So so I like, wanted to be better than Mal, yeah. yeah. Was it equal parts kicking your ass and then teaching you things? Yeah, yeah. Because he would stop and tell you things and teach you things and On show the week, you like new said, stuff? On the weekends, he showed us how to re-tin these coppers. Like, nobody knows how to do that. No, no. I couldn't remember now, but, or we'd be doing gardening for $10 an hour, you know, yeah. in, the, in the garden because we, he built all the chalets up there. So, um, then obviously you need cheap labour to, to, to finish the guards off. It'd yeah. be amazing creation what he created. Like. But it was only five years ago chefs in Melbourne were like, oh, we've invented this new cooking, which is like gardening for ourselves, right? Yeah, so yeah he's been, he was doing it back. He was doing it. Yeah. I've been cooking 31 years um, and he was doing it back then. And same, sous vide. Like he was doing sous vide back then. He was the first one to bring the Paco jet into the country. Really? Um, How yeah. was he doing sous vide? We were doing lamb, all those lamb, so the, not the bones, but the, all the loins. We were sealing them, chilling them into bags, um, garlic, thyme in them, cryovac. Um, but they had cryovacs 30 years ago? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had thirty years ago, and then you wouldn't have had a circulator. Yeah, yeah. They did. We had, um, well, no, not so much a circulator, but we had a thermometer in a pot. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, and then the new the new stove that he ordered in that they had to crane from the roof, take the roof off and crane in and roll it into the thing was all brass, like one of those that had two temperature controlled baths in it. Really? Yeah, yeah, one for your one for your sauce and stuff and then one for your sous vide which you'd have set on set. But would it be like 54.3 and stuff like that? Uh, 45. Yeah. It was always 45 because you need to bring it back out and put crystal yeah, back there. Yeah, Dude, yeah. that's insane. Did you work it? No, no, no. Ah. no. But, but, um, but here's something for you, right? This but is it's, the, it's fun that like, everyone's doing this. Yeah, yeah. This like guy sounds like, like you've an learned absolute it 10 years ago. legend. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he is, man. And, anyway, yeah. you, actually, he'd love to do something like this up at his farm one day where he could all go up there. Yeah. Right? Yes, yeah, man. Because he's up Absolutely. He's up in 2J now. Um, yes. Is he going to welcome you with open arms? Yeah, yeah well, has this going to make you reach <laughs> in a the, box? But hang on, I want to talk about the, the sous vide. We're all working within 10 black, minutes. Like, there was a little black um, totally. bit of tape, right, <laughs> that you put on the outside of the bag, and then you'd have a digital, a fucking proper digital thermometer with a thin needle on it, which you'd stick through that little bit of black absorbent thing, which would poke and pierce the bag, right, mm. so you know the centre core temperature of the meat without it getting water in it. Wow. Okay, yeah. so that's how advanced it was even 30 years ago, when well, you think about it. Yeah. Um, and it's all about precision and, and temperatures. We know that. Yeah. All right? But they, we all know. But they're all, once you work that out as a chef, it's about, about temperature, everything becomes easier. Mm. You know, because that's why we can use combi ovens and all that stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, totally. it's all about that. So he was doing that back then. So um, uh, I'll tell you one quick story before we go. The other I, I we used to go pick up, pick the fennel, right? Yeah. And um, that was part of the garnish with a bit of parsley and a carrot flour. That was part of every garnish, you know? But if you got chosen to pick the fennel, you always knew you were top of the rig, you know? Uh, and I was yeah. top of the rig for quite some time, you know? The boys would get a bit jealous when I go away. Anyway, so we'd go pick the fennel anyway. I'd come back and the, the chef had his fly down and my mate Mal, big Mal, would turn around and he goes, yeah, that's why you're top of the rig, you, can, you know. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. his flies down. And you're, I know you. Like this, and I'm like, no, she, no, I was never like that with the chef. It was like, you know, but um, it was just funny, and that's um, uh, but that's the training that was that was back then. That was amazing. Like four years of that. So I left. Did he bollock you? Do you remember like one absolute bollocking? Yeah, the last one, the last one, right? Okay. Um, because I'd worked for three and a half years there, and by that stage my apprenticeship was done, and he was supposed to go to Japan to do a, a gig over in Japan, and I was supposed to run the kitchen for him. Um, and I met this girl, you know, because back then it was the fence was there very much, and I was sitting on it. And uh, I met this girl, I was in love with her, Mandy. She was a waitress, a bit older than me, two kids. Uh, I was yeah. like, I was 17, I was 18. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and, um, and I was living in a granny hot. flat at the back of um, <laughs> the thing. She brought home, um, she knew I was gay, right, okay, in the end. Um, anyway, she <laughs> yeah. she brought home a couple of guys. Probably, right? you kept yeah, turning yeah, her over. Yeah, yeah, no, no, Mandy. No, no, yeah. Mandy, no, no, Mandy's beautiful, she, she heard this, she'd love it. Uh, uh, Mandy brought two guys home, and right? And you'd be okay? like, oh, there's no the more kids this way, you'd yeah, love yeah, yeah. it. Better no more kids, right? <laughs> uh, and she said, um, and, and it broke me, because I was in the back... Um, in the granny flat, and she brought these two guys home. This is how she split up with me, and she brought these two guys home, and I and it broke me. I was like, I was heartbroken. Anyway, um, that's rough, Mandy. Rough, Mandy was rough. It was rough. That's but, tough. But you know what? Um, it made me who I am now, heartless bitch. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um, my best. Don't mate, tell me you hung around like why she. So was Mandy this whole time. Mandy, yeah. Yeah. She brought two guys home, and you what? 
just, I didn't watch. You sat now I just sat back like this, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But um, but what's no. the other guy gonna do? Yeah, yeah, you, right. went, yeah. you went outside yeah, and started yeah. picking fennel. Yeah. Like, yeah, somebody right. loves yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, what happened last uh, time. Uh, yeah. um, but she, but my best mate, Black Dan, um, and that's probably inappropriate to say, but he's black and his name's Dan. Yeah. Um, Burmese guy. He went to safe with him up in Pedlin. Um, he used to have this big ambulance, it's like old school. He just come pick me up and whip, whip me off down to Bayswater to move in with him from living in Mundaring. Anyway, I, I um, you're never late. We never had a roster at Loosebox. There was never a roster, right? You're only late if you're there after the chef, all right? That was the rule, right? So you knew, if, you got to know what time he was going to be there. Wednesdays <laughs> went after two days off, he'd go down to, um, you'd drive into Northbridge to pick all his stuff up from the restore, from the butcher, uh, all the stuff because he just load the van up. He's he, well, not his van, he, his four wheel drive with chef number plates, um, and he'd load all that up and you'd, and then you'd get back and you'd get in about one. So you knew if you're there by twelve on Wednesday for the first day of the week, you you were going to be okay, you know. And then that was the same for Thursday, Friday. You need to be there at nine because you're going to get there at ten. Um, that, that's nine in the morning through to midnight, right? Okay. Mm. Um, and then Saturday was again. It was about two, so you needed to be there at one. And then Sunday was the, it was just the day, so you need to be there at nine again for the thing. Anyway, I rocked up um, for the second day after the the big breakup um, late. So on the it was the Friday morning. So the first first the Thursday I rocked up at three or two thirty or something like that. And I was crying and, you know, I was upset and got through that day, no worries. The next day I rocked up You were crying because? Because she'd broken my heart, you know. Oh, yes. It's back when my heart was breakable um, and not dying. Um, And then um, the second day I walked in and I said, I was crying. I said, Chef, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to sort my life out. You know what I mean? Like, it's I've got a lot going on. He said, life. Life, when I pay for you, pay you, uh, you work for me. Your life is mine. <laughs> like this, and that's after three and a half years yeah. of working with him. And I was like, you heartless fuck. You know what I mean? So I lost all my energy for working with him from Friday through to Sunday. It was it was apparent that that I didn't want to work with him anymore. Right? Mm. I, I just lost all my mojo. Yeah. You know? Um, because I've done so much for him, and and vice versa, he's done so much for me. Anyway, uh, he got my pay on Sunday night. And you always knew you were in trouble if you're the last one, because you'd have to go in and sign the bit of paper and get your check. Before transactions used to be all that, so <laughs> and you have to literally get your check. And he threw my holiday pay and all that stuff down, no notice, no anything, and said, "I don't want to ever see you in my restaurant again." Jesus. <laughs> and I didn't even do anything wrong. I just I was heartbroken. Yeah, you yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, so I broke it. So then. Um, what do you reckon now, though? What do you reckon? that was all about I don't know I think it was because he was shitty with me for not being focused enough maybe yeah. for that I reckon, week I reckon he would have been in like a bit of a slump yeah. and he would have been noticeable yeah I was noticeable yeah, but, yeah. Was but do you reckon for a week or for like a well well, he didn't talk to me so so, so then I really got him right because I, I went to the tribunal and I said I don't want all we were sitting in this and um, uh this tribunal situation with an arbitrator and him there and me here. Yeah. And I said, I said, I don't want all the money that he owes me for wages. I said, I said that was all paid off with how he trained me. Like, amazing. You know, like, I couldn't ask to be a better chef than yeah. what he's shown me. But we're in fucking Australia and we're not in France. And I was out of work for two weeks and you're going to pay me my two weeks that I was out of work for mm. because you didn't give me any notice. And he, he agreed and paid the two weeks, signed the cheque straight away. Dude, that's uh, hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Going to tribution for uh, two, weeks, two weeks. Unbelievable. And that's how tough, tough he was on us, you know. Mm. Um, and I went down. I went from Loose Box down to the Sicilian restaurant in Fremantle, which was a big Italian 
400 seat or 300 seater and I remember my last day there I'm not going to talk about the shenanigans that went on there but but um <laughs> but my last day was Mother's Day or Father's Day and I'd done 300 tutamades on the grill which was mixed seafood right and I and I was like you know what my speed's up I can go to the next spot now you so learnt I, it yeah yeah I heard that where so was I, that in Fremantle? in Frio yeah on the water down where um the pavilion is mm. um the the Frio what is it you know the pavilion yeah, yeah, down yeah. there Calis and uh, it was with a couple of Italians and um and they weren't it wasn't great food but it was just I, I got to my speed up I could do pans and I could do grill and I could do the fryer and and all that stuff you know so is that call, a shock after doing French food like that? Yeah, but I needed just to chill. You know what I mean? I needed yeah, to yeah. learn how to do drugs as well. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So back then it was ecstasy and we all partied at, together. It was fun. And at work? Yeah, yeah, no, a little bit, you know, <laughs> occasionally. I remember one morning after a party, it wasn't good. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it was all part of that young chefing thing that we did. Yeah, um, and party free, hard, work hard. And Frio was cool. Like, a lot yeah. of... Um, Girls with like you know underarm hair, hair, so the gay thing didn't mean so much to me down there. Yeah, that's know? on so, the fence too, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you know, like it was. <laughs> They'll meet you on the fence there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I met a um, good friend of mine, Jerry Matera, at that stage, and um, uh, and we we uh, um, clicked a bit, and and then from there I went to Fillmore's, which was a, a little pub down there on the corner, which is Notre Dame University, and Daniel Rada, this. Jazz guys to play in the courtyard on su- Sunday afternoons, and it was a really wicked environment. Um, and that was another eight months there, just learning better food again, but just just relaxing a bit with the food. Mm. And then from there was um, where did you two guys meet? Yeah, now this is right now. This yeah, yeah, never the next one. So, so King Street. Uh, we yeah, we that's where we met mm. when I was an apprentice. I think I was late Lucky second year. to my shoes. I fucking walked out this guy, yeah. Did you? Who was there Kinda, first? Were you there I first? I can't even remember how that happened now. Yeah, I can't remember. What do you mean? Either. Were you an apprentice and then he got hired? Oh, he came to help out because someone didn't show up. I can't remember how yeah, that yeah, happened. So, so I'd but been, I was second year at the time. I'd been there before yep. and I'd helped because um, Russell Blakey, Roy Thompson, um, they were all that Dave Coomer. They're actually all that um, set that did a lot of stuff together. Yeah. And um, I got there and I I think I did eight, nine months or so doing just, just being a chef to party there. And King Street was amazing yeah. because every week we changed six dishes on the menu and the chefs were part of that that progress of talking about it. Yeah. And a lot, a lot of the great people come out of King Street. Um, mixed you... Um, Dion Jansen, yeah. like, there was just so many great chefs that come out of King Street. Who's yeah. Big Stu? Uh, Stewie Laws. Laws. Yeah, dude, that guy was my head chef. Oh, <laughs> when I came here, oh, really? Where yeah. at? Um, oh, they did a. It's like, I swear to God, there's one degree of separation between 44 you know King Street and like chefs. Mm. Like, isn't there? Stuart For Laws, while, right? Like and Stuart Laws opened the ramen place yeah, with that, the laundry uh, thing yes, out yes. the front, right? So yeah. he was the head chef of a um, catering company. That's where I threw up in a bin, and I had to walk into Stuart Laws and be like, "Dude, I have to go home." We might have been the convention center. No, he was a, uh, no, he was a part of. Uh, I might not name it, but they had like vans, and you would go in and you'd lay the vans. Oh, and then I know you the would, one. Yeah, he had that for a while, and you would bang out. Was yeah. it him? But then he, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then he went to um, a place in Fremantle, and he opened. Yeah, yeah, that the 
When it was like, yeah, there's like five restaurants in one. That was this, that was a studio. And that, was, I, that was an epic fail. The alpaca meatball. The alpaca, I like, had to break that alpaca down. Yeah, but it's so dry. Yeah, it's fat. Yeah, like, every yeah. dog knows that meatballs need fat, <laughs> and alpaca is so lean, like kangaroo. You know? Oh, like, dude, we got to get Stuart Laws, man. Yeah, he, yeah. he was. Yeah. I'm more of a legend than him. Don't worry about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> man, we got four mics. Yeah, right. Right. That's hilarious. He was the guy that because mm. we talk about like he's very good. Your worst hangover and stuff. He's my worst. He's my arch nemesis. Is he? Yeah, yeah. But he, I right. remember him first coming into King Street. And, um, yeah, but this is all like King Street stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so Stuart Laws is at King Street? Honda, Honda, yeah. yeah, but like yeah, everyone, it feels like everyone's yeah, yeah. been to do that. I had this Honda Prelude and I was in my jocks and he was driving my car and I was trying to jump in the car. And we heard, cause we had, it was after a staff party and staff parties, hospital staff parties are always like out there. Yeah. Um, and we all ended up back at my house. I don't know what happened then after that. That was that was when Bernard first started. Did you ever work with Bernard? Uh, Bernard McCarthy. There's so many names I don't yeah, remember. Right? Yeah, and then that's and then in the end, I I would come back. I think Lee, you Lee, would Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And Lee had a bad accident, you know. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, like fell off his motorbike. Not great. I just only heard. I saw Justin Bell yesterday and heard it was. Um, Shit. Yeah, I'm hoping he's well. Yeah, I yeah heard of course. Anything, but, um, mm. but Lee, um, I was running the kitchen, and Lee, I was just interim running the kitchen because I knew the kitchen. Um, and I was finishing it. I was doing 6 a.m. to 3 or 4 in the afternoon at King Street, and then I was going up to the sea restaurant and helping the boys at night. There was a lot of drugs involved with that one. Mm-hmm. Man, like those boys. Uh, they were the old loose box crew. Mal, it was all loose right, yeah. crew. Gav, Mal, yeah. Tuna, his name was, or, or yeah. Darren. Um, <laughs> and you just get there and you'd be like in the, in the office before you started because you had to, because you've already done 12 hours. Yeah. Um, and then you had to be there for another six. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, and that shows you the life, you know? Like, yeah, totally. Um, no, nobody talks about that shit but it's the truth yeah nowadays like scott brano's at at at, uh, at uh, he's on his on his break at uh, at bread and common or whatever and they go to the gym and they're all looking after themselves and it's great to see yeah. because we never really did all that you know what yeah. i mean like it was um uh, it wasn't part of our makeup it was a line or something to keep us going yeah i think that's why we get so angry about the master chef thing or it's like bullshit. the tv thing because like we're such I, uh, the word that I've used best for it is pirates. Yeah. We're such pirates of people. Ooh. That when you saw all that stuff and then like people are like ooring and ahhing over food, but like that's like a small portion yeah. of the whole culture. The yeah. culture is actually all this other shit. Yeah. It's, it's the tough part of it. And then you, you can know? just stop after you made, you, oh, you made one of those? Yeah. Like, yeah. Fuck, yeah. shut yeah, up. Yeah, one. No, let's, two. Crit- let's critique it for yeah. an hour. Yeah, yeah that's right. While it's cold. I did a master. I didn't, I was never famous enough to get on I hate watching people eat food as well. Like I hate those chefs. But it was always cold. Yeah. Trust me. Wait, I... I <laughs> I sat yeah, down yeah. at this, at, they did the Fremantle long, they called it the 40 fucking fishermen and, and I was sitting right at the end, up one end with all well, the- Long table the, dinner or something. Yeah, but it was for the MasterChef and right. so, they, so they, were all cook, they were all cooking. We were there till four in the morning. Yeah. Wait, that food, that hour is no fucking hour. Yeah. Wait, it was, it's four hours and they're stopping and starting to get the best shots on it. Yeah. And, and then by the time you get that food, it's cold. Totally. Yeah, you know what I mean? Come on. Wait, if you're going to do it, at least be real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. At least be real. And then they hype it up at the end, like five, four, and you've been yeah, here yeah, four yeah, and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Five, four, it's three, now the next day. Two, that's hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. We, did, we did this thing where <laughs> one of the dishes that I did in my section was on one of the original MasterChefs. Yeah. It was one of the most famous ones. Yeah. And it took me three days to do. Yeah. How, how and they're just pumping it out. And these guys five, did it in two four. hours. How are people going to learn that shit if they haven't been guided? Yeah. And it's such, it's a, and look, they're trained by the best in the world because you, they're mentored by Marco Pierre White and 
Rick Steins comes in, even Nigella and her titties come through. You know what I mean? Like they all, they're all there. I mean, amazing training for them. So mm. they should be able to pick up stuff quicker. Yeah. You know, but not as quick as what they. Yeah, say but they're is. reading a recipe at the same yeah. time and stuff. Like mm. it's just nuts. Yeah, we're just talking about that before. Yeah. Like nuts. you know, back even that Encontro days, because I had Encontro for twelve years, right? That's where I, I had a vibe, I opened up Zaffirano restaurant. I opened up Gucci restaurant Applecross. Um, and then I found my place with Anna at Encontro and, and, um, and then we were some of the first small dining, like um, not tappers, but it was, we did, if you had a zucchini flower and there were six people on the, on the table, each person would get a zucchini flower. Mm. It wasn't small this, plates. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, like, you have to, that incoming sets of eight or, uh, you know what I mean? Like, we tailored the menu and we had 80, probably 95% of the restaurant by the end of the, that process eating not on the menu, just from me going out and talking to them yeah. about uh, about eating. That was which amazing. Is, which is great for the diners. Yeah, and great for us too. Like Pete's <laughs> going out to the tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes it would be like, I remember when me and Mal were like, just <laughs> trying, think, to, trying to cook. I think Mal was on the fryer. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. But he wanted to be in the fryer because he was just like, this is just numbers on the fryer. You can deal with Pete <laughs> and you can deal with how many steaks or whatever we've got going on. And the maths. Yeah, he wanted me to deal with the maths of you coming in going, there's yeah. eight, I want this, and yeah. I want this. That would have been an awesome experience to eat, but on the back end, like it wasn't horrible, and you learned so much stuff. We filled it all our whiting and, yeah, and, and herring and stuff oh, yeah, like so that. Oh, yeah, so I worked with Peter in contract. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah and that's we, we had fun then, and um, um, I was a bit of a Nazi, but but I'd rock in at, at 6 30. Do you think you're a Nazi because of your original training? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you learn to that grows out of you after time because you. Because well, we don't have you to only, be like, don't you only know one way? Because your chef taught you, like the training, the way that he did it, right? So that's isn't that the only way you're going to do yeah, it? But you know, remembering, and if we even go back further than chef, like I come from a fishing family up in Onslow. Um, my dad was amazing with seafood. He pioneered. So you, you talk about crybacking. Dad was crybacking fish in in the in the eighties, right? So that's how long crybacking's been around. Dad was crawfish and fish and freezing it in 500 gram portions. We used to sell that off in the Pilbara, frozen. So my handling of seafood and mum, mum always had fish and chip shops. So I was always around food, you know, and um, and that's that was my upbringing. I used to be playing my transformers um, on the floor of the fish and chip shop um, until mum got busy and she'd say, "Get up!" And this was at eight, nine years old, and make me sit on the till and not let me work out the numbers on the till. She'd make me do the counting in my head with the chains that I had to get back. Wow. Um, and that was burgers and fish and chips, steak burgers. And that was, I was only eight. Occasionally it would be just mum and I, and I'd have to go over and do the burgers or whatever else. And, and mum was known as, she was pretty amazing. Uh, she still is amazing, she's still mm. around. But, uh, and dad, so dad would fill up the fish and package the fish and then mum would do the cooking at the end. So they, we, had a, we had quite an eclectic lifestyle. Never ate together as a family. Um, no? No, no, like my two brothers were skippers on the boats uh, and they're quite a bit older than me, so I was the youngest. Mum always had food on the table wrapped with the, glad wrapped with the initial on it. So you'd go in whenever you wanted and you'd put it in the microwave and give it two minutes and then you'd sit and eat dinner by yourself in front of the TV. Wow. Uh, because family life wasn't really a thing. It was it was always work, work, work. You guys were busy. Yeah, it was busy. Yeah, you know? the shops open, eh? Yeah, yeah shops open. So, yeah. You know, and then if you, if you, and I, now I look back at it, like, you know, I was spoiled, you know, like, uh, Whatever I wanted ice cream, I had to break into the shop, you know, so, mm-hmm. so you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I didn't think about that. Started drinking a bit early, you know, probably yeah. again. I was going to say, this is where the addiction personality yeah. comes in, you know, yeah. when you're like, oh, I can have an ice cream. Yeah. 
whenever you want. I've got to figure it out, yeah, but yeah, I can yeah, have yeah. one. Yeah, trust me, I took the grill off the. We had cyclone grills on this on the on up in Onslow. I got that great grill on. Did but, you? Yeah, Did you unscrew it or what? Yeah, I, I got through it. I got through it. I, He's got a butter knife. Uh, yeah. My sixteenth. Just one screw every day. But yeah. My eleventh, twelfth birthday, right? I knew. Mum and Dad left town, which they never really did, right? They went away for... And I knew where Dad kept the porn, right, OK? I was in the office, in the locked office door. Well, I was in, it was my birthday, and I was, all the boys were there, and I was like, I'll get the porn, you know? <laughs> and I climbed into the ceiling, into the roof, and it was all that jip rock, right? And I, I did it all the time. I was always up there, but I was going to walk all the way to the office to get to get down the manhole to get the to get the porn out of it. But yeah. I got to the I got to the kitchen and my feet fell through them because I was drunk. My feet fell through. I was dangling out, and the boys were all looking at it, laughing. All my all my birthday money went on getting that fixed. Oh, no. <laughs> Just for the porn. Did you get the porn though? No, I didn't get it. Ah. No, no. Well, I do. In my head, I had it already there anyway. Yeah, so I, was, I was a bit of a. The old magazine porn. Young bloomer. No you know? shit, man. Um, but then um, uh, I suppose, um, you know, the King Street was an amazing thing with all those amazing people. Um, I, remember, I remember my last day there was um, I, got, <laughs> I got accused of stealing a chicken. Mark Rogers accused me of stealing a chicken. Hey, wait, this is, is this his go-to move. Yeah, is this the old move? Yeah, he accused me of soy sauce. Yeah. Did he? Yeah. Oh, but didn't someone, accu- someone accuse you of stealing a fillet, right? The same person. Yeah, so yeah. The fillet, oh, yeah, yeah, the fillet. Yeah. No, no, I didn't steal the fillet. No, I know. We no, 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 cleared that no, 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 no. This was his. This was his argument. I stole the soy sauce and a fillet, but someone went into my bag and took the fillet. Uh, so, so he wanted an answer. But he, I, I know three other people, including you, that he's done that. To oh, this. really? His yeah, go-to yeah, yeah. move to not pay you, no, right? At the yeah, end? yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't even remember how that all ended up. Yeah. But I know I didn't go back to work after he accused me of stealing a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Because no. yeah, it was a cooked chicken too. It was like dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> I remember cooking the chicken. It's you know, so, such a bizarre move. I remember, I remember the thing. But was, I reckon how many people do you reckon he got with it? Yeah, that's what I think too. Few, a few for sure. A yeah, bunch of people. Young, they're all young people too. Who would have just been like, I can't be bothered with this. Like he probably just like pressure someone so they will leave and can't be bothered you know what I mean and yeah, not take the holiday it's more pay. like I, I just want to start my new job fucking whatever it's yeah, chicken yeah, yeah, yeah. soy sauce yeah, I got yeah, this yeah, guy yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what he wanted yeah yeah, he's, yeah. He's, I mean I mean, but I, I mean he was the ugliest part of that business yeah dude you know what I mean I reckon it was the only part yeah, I yeah, his disliked son was a, his son Alex was okay but he was growing into be a bit of a cunt you know but um, but um, he he was good at what he did. He was professional. Yeah. Um, but Mark was just hard work, you know, like yeah. always. And, but I loved his wife Sally, right? So you might not have rubbed got rubbed up by Sally quite right. But I used to I saw Sally for many years after. She, you know, she, she just came across. I don't I don't know that I didn't know the bird, but she just came across like a victim to me. But maybe that was just in my head because I saw him like an asshole. He was an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. He so was like, I just every time I saw her, I was like, maybe I felt sorry for her. So I haven't seen her for years, but she she wasn't she wasn't a horrible person. No, she's where it cut it out for many years. That's what. Yeah, that's yeah, where yeah. it was. So I used to go and see her at cut it out, which yeah, is the yeah, big yeah, chef yeah, yeah. shop in on it was, Murray Street. Yeah, it was yeah. probably the chef shop to go to get your stuff, and mm. so um, and she worked there for years. I so yeah, her. I always loved her. She's always a good girl. Russell Blake is an interesting one on the wall at, at King Street in the in the girls' toilet. There was a picture of a kifla potato. Someone had drawn a kifla potato, and it, you said at the top of it, <laughs> "Hi, I'm Russell Blakey. Uh, I'm a kifla potato." It had like face and the whole thing on it <laughs> yeah. because he was a big promoter of WA food. <laughs> he inspired me that much once. I'd be, been That's up so all funny. night, and I was it's running the kitchen, there, and I was sleeping on because there was an upstairs office part, and I was sleeping on two 
office chairs which were moving, and um, I just needed <laughs> to lie down for a little bit, and the floor was too dirty. During to service, down. after? Just before service, because yeah. he was doing his brief with all the weight stuff, because that's what happened, he had a big whiteboard, and Russell would sit there and go over the menu and do this brief, you know, like on this thing, right over there. He inspired me that much that day, like, like I was laying down, you know, hanging out like this, <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go home, and then he, he just started talking about food, and I was like, yeah. I've got to get up and do my do my job. I can't yeah, let yeah. him down after he's just inspired all those people on the yeah. floor to go out there and sell and do the right thing by the food. And, and the person who's running the kitchens hung over sitting upstairs. And I got up and worked my ass off that day. Yeah. It was hard, but but he inspired me to do that. And Kifla potatoes are also delicious. What's that? Kifla potatoes oh, are delicious, dude. The best, other best part about that is um, just the baby chats. Yeah. You, know, you couldn't even get them back in the day. They used to fall through the... We did a potato tour and we were watching... We're down at Better Spuds and you're watching all these little baby potatoes fall through the, the grills of the potato sorting it's and so they just throw them in the bin. Yeah. And I was like, what are you doing? Like, they're yeah. the best potatoes that money can buy. It's so yeah. good. They're 90 cents a kilo. You know what I mean? Like for a chef to buy. Imagine like the, the money people can make on that. I was like, you need to be getting that shit off the ground and, and washing it and doing it again. And that's yeah. what happened. You Pete, know? did you invent... I'm not going to say invent. Let's let's not go there because you know food just you goes. It's on every, record, every, bro. Everything just goes around in a circle. You know what I mean? <laughs> but the prawn, the prawn cocktail potatoes. will be a prawn cocktail forever. It was always something that was created. But whether By you do a watermelon rind cocktail sauce, yeah, you know, and add other bits and pieces to it, is about the invention of of things. But that. The watermelon rind has come from somewhere. The chutneys come from somewhere. Yeah, it's just about putting the shit together. Do you know what but I it always? Also, it no. also comes from like they're just potato farmers, right? Yeah, they just go through the paces and they have yeah. this machine. It took someone that cooks to say, Dude, I, want I want this shit. Totally, I want, I want yeah. that now. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or with a passion too. And so just, much of that stuff. Yeah. Like I, I've done all the festivals, right? Truffle uh, did the. Gourmet escape cook for Marco Pierre White and Rick Steins and wow. all the MasterChef guys. We weren't allowed to take any photos because, um, uh, here you go, Big Street couldn't light the, the charcoal grill oh on yeah. that day. And we had Rick Stein and Marco Pierre White coming. Uh, we did this great thing on Dunsborough Beach. We were, again, we weren't allowed to tell anybody because it was, you know, exclusive, yeah. no photos or anything. Mm. I, had, I had them all walk around with ice pops at the end and it was fucking amazing. They all had Havana shoes when they walked in the door and Big Street at 11.30 struggling to get that, that job. Remember Josh's big... Um, yeah. It's one of the first ones, Josh Kalana's big grill. Mm-hmm. So we shipped that down there, like thousands of dollars worth of equipment to get down there to do this gig. Because it was important for me that yeah. we pulled off that, that gig with those people there. Yeah. Um, anyway, Stu's struggling to light the thing. And, and, I, and I'm sweating. Don't know why I'm sweating for, because I might, <laughs> might have been up all night because I was stressing about, you know, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, and he's, Stu's not doing it. And I'm like, Stu, like, out of the way. And I'm there and I'm... <laughs> get it lit and the smoke everywhere the smoke finally clears and they start walking through the door and she's just putting the octopus on I was like thank god and we just put, got it yeah we just got there it was um it was a great gig and Marco Pierre White put his arm around me at the end and said some of the best octopus I've ever had in my life. Wow. So, yeah, it was... Um, Stu was even doing octopus um, on the grill at the taco place. Yeah, yeah. So he must have picked it. Yeah, you know, I taught him everything he knows. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, cooking octopus. It was actually in a very interesting way to do it where you cooked it raw and you cooked it quick. Yeah. On the char, mm. amazing way to do it. Because you don't... I mean, sous vide is a great way to do it too. Yeah. Because um, you get it tender. But sometimes they take it a bit too far. 
Same yeah. with boiling it. You know, yeah. well, the technical stuff. But then off. also when yeah. you're grilling yeah. it, when it because uh, we use in Melbourne, we always sous vide it and then grilled it. But yeah. sometimes when you grill it, it starts to like stick to the grill yeah. and it all pulls apart all the and stuff. It gets become stringy almost. But when you cooked it raw, it would like tighten up and then you rest it for like Texture. 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. But you rest it long. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I learned that good. off, off Te- stew. That was good. Texture's a good thing. Texture, mm. texturing some of those seafoods is an amazing thing. You know, like we're so diverse in our seafood culture in WA, like our fruit and veg. Um, you know, remember we start. We're so lucky here because we start up in up in Kununurra. Our season starts up there early winter for us, right? Because it's warm up there. So all our eggplant, capsicum, tomatoes, bananas come from Kununurra, right? Okay, that's that's in winter still, right? So that's summer veg in winter. Then it flows down to Carnarvon when we get to spring, already Carnarvon's starting. So we're in spring in Perth, but Carnarvon's already way ahead of us because of the heat. Then we get down to the wheat belt, and then same thing again. Like, we're, they're just starting to pick, they're just starting to pick mangoes down in, in um, uh, Albany way now, mm. right? So, so mangoes started like way before December, and we're gonna still get them all the way through to, I think no other country in the world gets that. Yeah. We don't, uh, and no other state in the country gets that as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because Super it, interesting. It's, it's, it's so diverse along the lines. And then remember, we get the best of it. Whereas, say, go, wait, go, go that, that way. way. This guy's trying to fucking yeah, yeah. open a closed door. We're busy, but yeah, that yeah, guy yeah, can yeah. figure his, his door out, I guess. Yeah. It, has, it literally has a sign that says, please use yeah, side is. entrance. And has an arrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an Uber driver. <laughs> he is, dude. He is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Look at us, too. What are The other one is um, like right, the fish. The fish we start up in the north. We get all that warm water Queens, like Queensland clap, fish, eh? all the tropical. Then when we flow down, we get once we get to Geraldton, everything cools up. We get the Jewfish and the and um, you know the the Travella, not Travelli, the Travella. Um, uh, Dory, all that stuff comes from Albany. So all the way down the coast. Right. So we get the best of cold water and warm water fish in WA. If chefs don't think, see what we have here, yeah. we have, if they don't see it, if they don't understand it, East Coast can rave all they like, right? Yeah, they've got some particulars. We've got it all. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? We have it all. WA has it all. Yeah. You know? yeah. like, and even that's the why, truff. Yeah, right? Even truffles. Even man. the truffle. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, like Elaine tried to do truffles on Oak Tree up at... Um, up at uh, TJ, um, and I, look, I don't know how he's gone with it, but I don't think it was too good. He invested a bit of money into those oak trees, and I think it's too dry. Like mm. he doesn't get the cold in the winter like like they do in in, in Pemberton. Yeah. I, uh, do you want to talk about podcasts, boys? Yeah. Go on. My I did the first ever chef podcast <laughs> right. on Apple uh, iTunes, right? Okay, yeah. v- video podcast, right? Yeah. And we went down to do. The truffle kerfuffle, not the, but it was before the truffle kerfuffle. Yeah. We just went down and videoed the truffle hunt, all right, and yeah. how the dogs do the whole thing. And my one of my good mates, Neil, um, he had a he has a little company. It used to be like this. Now he's more accounting, but we used to do this on the side. And we went down to uh, Manjima, and we were were one of the first ones to do filming of the truffle hunt in WA. And we had it all on on camera, and it's on. I think it's online now. Yeah, still, yeah. I think it's on what, what would it be under? Pete Manifest Truffle, Pete Manifest something or other, <laughs> uh, vine leaves probably. Pete, oh, yeah. vine leaves, oh, yeah. Yeah. Pete yeah. Manifest does ecstasy at Truffle yeah. Hunt. <laughs> 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 that was me and my younger days. I was more handsome back then. Yeah. I was more appealing, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. More appealing. So like, let's, what's, uh, what was the breakdown between you two guys? Because I feel like there was 
someone stole someone's shoes at some point. It's because I left them there. Yeah. So the way the way I re- dude, the way I remember it, I took a holiday, came back, and I think I quit. But I gave like it wasn't a notice. It was like find a replacement and yeah. shit. Something and then like I remember driving into work, and I was still committed. <laughs> I remember driving into work, and I was like, I hate this job. And then I was, you know, you said I'm ready to leave. Yeah, You're and it wasn't like the people. It was just the you want your next fucking job. It was job. Mark Rogers. It was <laughs> <laughs> so then I, I got I got there, and then no one was there, and I was like, yeah, fuck it, I don't want to be here either, and just just left. So I left <laughs> my shoes, and yeah. And he also thought he they're brand new shoes, and he just he still he even sent me a message about I've got your stupid shoes on. right now <laughs> today. Yeah, yeah. But we worked together again after that, so um, yeah. there was no bad blood. Yeah, Lockie's nah. Lockie's a great chef. I'm, I'm very proud of what he's doing now too. Like your whole dude food, Perth dude food is amazing. Like yeah. I, I, I look at it and I get excited for food and that sort of food in Perth because of him. You know what I mean? Like uh, I yeah. messaged him just the other day. That's the reason why we got into this yeah. was because that pie with the cheese coming out of it. And I was yeah, like, the oh, I love pie? a pie like that. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's what I search for that shit myself. You know, that's, well, that's if he's doing it for me and getting fatter, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? he, yeah. Can, he can eat all the other shit in between to <laughs> yeah. get to the good stuff and not tell me where to go. Tell you where. You know, because this year doesn't go away. Like when you get older, it does if you die three times, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, that was a hard one. Like, like I, I, I done this last job I did was five hundred covers, four restaurants, as in five hundred each restaurant. You know, they were big numbers, and Man, and it yeah. really challenged me. And um, um what were you doing it for? I- Function. Um, <laughs> no. but, uh, they the brought you in and to do functions for them. No, they brought me in to be the executive chef, and um, and I'd never taken on a role like that before. I was always very small key, so I'd never done more than one or two places, and um, and the but they were they aren't hospitality people, and I like they're not like the Trimbolis and um, who's not a hospitality person but understands hospitality. Mm. The people I worked for were lovely people, and I got along really well with them. But they weren't as hospitality as what I, I. They don't understand the expectations. Just like what you, what you can and can't do. And he do. never used my name. They never put my name on anything. Like he was amazing like that. Like I, um, and I learned so much too. Don't get me wrong. Like I, I, I needed to learn so much to get to that point. And I lifted the, their standard, their food up. But like I said, lucky pre-interview here. You know, we. Um, uh, I never cooked chicken wings really before in my life, and so now my chicken wing recipe's to bomb. You know, like yeah. I understand brining it and buttermilking it and um, not having to steam it first. I can cook it from the fry needs to be 160. The flowers have got to be right. The, the mix and everyone's different, I'm sure. But but I learned that that my 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 Korean chili sauce is bang on. Oh, yeah. I've never made any of that stuff before. Yeah. Um, gotcha jung. Huh? Do you know the gotcha jung? Yeah, yeah, we used to bite in 14 kilo tins. Yeah, yeah. And I used to have to go pick up that stuff individually because the supplies that they use, sea lanes and that wouldn't have all that good stuff that you needed because for me it's about product it's about and they were quite cheap in the way that they um they'd buy chicken wings a pallet of them and they'd get them for 99 cents a kilo or dollar a kilo dollar yeah. 20 a kilo and then money and that's huge you know like, and mm. that's that's i suppose what happens when you when you buy in bulk yeah but i was also saying them you gotta have some standards you know if you gotta have some standards otherwise people are still always going to say shit food because no matter what you do if you've got a shit product putting in shit thing you can't create mountains out of molehills you've only yeah. got you've got it's got to be about product yeah. and what's always been my motto has been about product um and then saying that they bought all their fish in it was all australian fish which was coming from indonesia he was the first one to be doing that all cryovac beautiful um and i just picked through the the, the varieties that they had and 
cut some of the stuff off the menus and kept the better stuff. You know what I mean? And and the, but the price of it's so much cheaper. Mm. You know, like if you go to Coventry Seafoods, I'm not bragging you, but you get these little diced fish, right? Okay, it's diced snapper, local snapper, six ninety five a kit. They're almost a kilo, and it's pure snapper meat. Like yeah. you're not going to beat that for curries and. Um, fried fish pieces and yeah, little things like that. Yeah. It's all our local fish, but caught in the Indonesian water. You know what I mean? And um, so, and I, because I'd grown up around frozen seafood with my dad, it's about defrosting it, learning how to defrost the stuff properly. Yeah. Chefs leaving it in bags and stuff like that. Defrosting is no good. Just got to open the bag frozen, put it onto perforated trays, let it defrost so it's all the water's dripping out of it. You you handle frozen seafood better. Yeah, it's not never going to be a capaccio or a sashimi, but it's it's always going to do the job, and it's going to be. Dad always said frozen fish is fresher than fresh fish, because by the time you go out, the boat goes out for a week, they start fishing on a Monday, they come back in on a Sunday. This is up north, right? Mm. So they've already got that seven days on that fish, right? On yeah. ice, two degrees, right? Almost frozen anyway, all right? Two degrees in the hulls, they get it in, two days to get to Perth on a truck because none of the truck well one day if you're if you you know on that ox stuff that they call 14 hours you know um they bring it down that's another day so that's eight seven eight days day at the market nine days day at the um fish supplier 10 days all right chef gets it you're already two weeks old to fish yeah people don't realize that yeah so once you cut that fish you haven't got long on that now because you're already in two weeks if it's whole it'll last almost three and a half weeks on ice in the right temperature, but um, as soon as you put your knife to it, you got two days on it. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's old. So people don't realise that about seafood, and that's why all our prawns are frozen because you couldn't get them down here. I'd like you, I remember once we did a trial with Exmouth Fresh Kalis, um, flying some prawns down for us. You know, like amazing shit. Like just this prawn, you've seen it. Like it was amazing. Like like wow. people would die for that shit. You know, or the the uh, I met a guy at. 399 bar like two weeks ago and he said to me oh pete i got taken to your restaurant and we just randomly met 12 years ago and you had garfish wrapped in pancetta with salsa verde the individual pieces yeah. and a scampi he said the rice on that scampi was just pilaf rice because i could still remember it now wow like, like, it was cool you know <laughs> that's and, cool and we used to defrost the scampi because they're so expensive to order. So yeah. order for scampi to come in, we'd get them out of the freezer, run them under cold water, cut them, and then cook them straight away. Really? So that's why crayfish is so hard to manage on a menu, is because if it's a fresh product, they go black so quick, and then if it's a frozen product, they're too big to defrost so quickly. Whereas a lot of those other things, like the prawns and that scampi, yeah. can get around it. You know? When, when I got to knowledge. In, when I got to in, yeah, exactly. When Ooh. I got to Encontro, I hated this, by the way. <laughs> I, like, I was like, why aren't we pulling, we know we're gonna sell 12, for example, why aren't we pulling X? And you were like, shut up, cunt. You didn't say that, but yeah, you were yeah, like... No, I probably would have. Yeah, but yeah, you, yeah, you would yeah, say, shut yeah, up, cunt, that. and then explain it. Yeah. And even then I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. I'm going to do what you tell me, obviously. Mm. And then, but then like you straight away get it because you're like, oh, wait, this actually cook... It behaves better too when it's you cook firm, it. It's firm. Yeah. It's not much. And you're like, geez, this guy isn't crazy. Yeah, not mm. crazy. And, yeah. and crabs. And so it makes sense, but it, it is a process. If we it's just all, a longer process when you do it. If we cooked our crab all up north or our blue swimmer from the moment we cooked them, but we caught them, if we just boiled them, you can pick that meat and use that for anything, right? Salad, put it through a pasta, do all that stuff, right? But because they're still raw and they're, they're fresh, 
every hour they're out of the water, they're going to deteriorate. Yeah, right. It's going to deteriorate, going to deteriorate. So it's important that you that you try to cook it as fresh as you can, mm. you know, and then save you using that bag shit from Malaysia yeah. and that, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. But we've just got to, you've got to handle it properly. But they're not know? going to cook it up north. They do. There's one bloke in in, um, in Shark Bay that, that sends cooked crab down, oh, yeah. um, but he steams them, he doesn't boil them, which yeah. means they don't have the salt content, which is always a good thing. The salt water... Dad always said if you're going to cook prawns or crab or anything, should be in the same salinity as what the water they're caught in. So that's about 80 grams of salt to the litre. All right, so that's a lot of fucking salt, yeah, right? Yeah. But salt. that's what salt water is, you know? Yeah. Maybe it was just cheap and he was like, just hock the water out of the ocean. Yeah, well, no, he... he well, <laughs> but then we, we used to... Before we cooked on the boats, we'd cook it at the factory and he kept that. He always did it at the factory first. So they'd bring them in, they'll cook them. But then we got smarter and we put cookers on the boats. And we just cook them directly on the boat. That's sick. Yeah, yeah. Dad was dad was a pioneer. He's not in, not here anymore, but he was a real pioneer in the fishing industry. Never really got um, the accolade that he deserved. For, like he was the first one to free one of the first ones to freeze fresh fish rather than because they used to always freeze old fish because they needed to use, needed to save it for longer. Whereas Dad was like, Nah, fuck, let's freeze it fresh, mm. and that way when we defrost it, it's fresh. It'd be fresh longer, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. And and so Dad was a pioneer like that and taught us three boys everything we know and made a real big competition out of it with us and and um and mum still does sometimes but we we all understand seafood you know and um, definitely man and, sounds and, and love it you know amazing. so, we so what was he like as a chef then because he's a nice bloke but what was he like in the kitchen i've always loved him you know <laughs> um, in a manly type of way yeah. in love you know not a gay Did you ever tap his butt yeah a couple of times yeah. Probably, i'm sure yeah you know yeah, yeah. Not that he interests me, all that beard and shit's not for me, you know. Hey, did he have the beard back then too? Yeah, no, he I was a beard clean cut boy. And and half the fucking weight that's on him now. You know, know. got those burgers down, bro. I'm telling don't you. Don't put you that know. on camera, bro. Come yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Don't call <laughs> your man out. I yeah, love him, yeah. but he's fat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. I just, like I said to you, I'm glad he's trying all that food and not me because I'm Because if, if I was to guess, he would always have been like, Placid. we've talked to a few people now. Yeah. Placid. Chill. Never going down, like even if he's going down, probably not going down, no. just like cruising. Did yeah, you ever see him get super upset with someone? No, I think um, Lucky just was a chill, chill, he was always a dude, you know, like, so the whole Perth dude thing really suits exactly who he is. Yeah. He was always a dude and, and I would, always I would lovely always to work around. You never saw him go down hard and, and sweat? And People wouldn't let him. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't let him. You you know, I, I, I internalise yeah. stuff too. So yeah. I just go, if I'm angry, so I don't know. Unless, unless you, <laughs> you're writing a pass or something, or you have to be vocal. He's a lot of work. In, like, mentally, he's a lot of work. Yeah. Like, um, no yeah. doubt about that. Definitely. Um, like, I'm a bit more... As much as I might be highly strung, I'm you not You fucking know strung. what Pete's yeah, thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Always. Totally. Yeah. But you need that different... Yeah. You yeah. need those different personalities in the kitchen to make a great team. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like, we all can't be the same. We want that difference to be able to create a beautiful team, you know. Yeah. And, and you become a semi-family, you know what I mean? Like it, like it's very much. We, you, that's what it is. It's a, if you, that's what I struggle with having four big places, right? You know, was I made four new families, and then when one of them would go, I'd be heartbroken. You know what yeah, I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah. And you know they had to go because it was we're getting paid right or something wasn't right, and it was they just went, and I and I was forever trying to chase my tail with that. Back in the day when we worked together, it was a team and we, we banded together for each other and mm-hmm. we did what we needed to do, no matter what the cost was on our bodies and lives. Mm. It was always about the team. Yeah. Um, and Lockie wasn't, he was a little bit more, 
centred for that, you know what I mean, and, and knew what he wanted a bit more, which is a great um, attribute to have. What would when, you would you, you put him on the grill? Is he a grill guy? Oh, you like, do anything. I know, I know. I don't want to think about that <laughs> section today. So Lockie's going on there, and I can. I don't even remember what I started there. Yeah, I'd look, it, he was always universal, like me. Like he could do a bit of everything. Mm. So, but that's yeah, true. Actually, you just throw all, me the, all my mates though. say they call me fine dining and occasional deep frying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always like that. Too. Yeah, yeah, Mal yeah. would say that all Mal, the time. Dude. It was big Mal that would say that. Yeah. He still says it to this day, uh, <laughs> and I use it now because I'm like, fuck, that's what I am. I'm fish and chips, yeah. <laughs> and with a bit of flair, you know. And I'm not, I'm not like a Hadley Troy fine dining or a. Or a Steve Clark fine dining because those boys are next level, you know. Mm. But I've done the fine dining. I started there and I moved away from that. Mm. Um, the second year we're at Loosebox, we won best restaurant in the country for Gourmet Traveller. Wow! So and that was a huge accolade. I was on the grill. That I was on the grill with. Um, would you believe it? And another great chef who I never thought was going to be a great chef, um, Paul Bentley. Um, oh who's, yeah. We got Casa. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So now Paul was always under me right apprentice right yeah. and he went away to Mexico and stuff and Paul's always just been a shit talker like as in <laughs> you man and all this carry on yeah. and, but he used to pick me up because I was younger than him he used to pick me up and drive me to work we were good mates you know but I had to scorn him a few times you know like like back then if you didn't scorn people at the loose box you're in trouble um, mm. so scorn him <laughs> yeah. now I'm sort of a bit humble to know him because he's so good, you know. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good so in good. what what way? Uh, just his um, his technique and how he's evolved and his life and that. And he, did he pick up a style? Yeah, because he went to Mexico for a bit, and um, and I think that I'm a little bit je- jealous of that now because I I'm 46 and I haven't really been anywhere else besides Perth. And yeah, I've helped build this amazing industry. I've been a small part of helping build this amazing industry. Um, that we have here now, yeah. but I haven't been to Mexico and I mean I've been through Europe and America and that, but just mm. trips, never lived. Um, and I suppose it makes me a little bit jealous, you know what I mean? Like that I hadn't done that. Like I, I didn't just move away and go to Mexico for five years and learn. And he done some amazing shit over there, like mm. from what I'd see. Um, that's amazing. And his food looks great. I know, like uh, yeah. I, mean, I look at on Insta and that. I love Insta. I, I, oh, yeah? I, I'm a because Insta's all positive. You know what I mean? It's like there's everything, there's nothing negative on Insta, right? It's all literally, it's, you flick through it and it makes you feel good. You know what I mean? And we need that shit in the world these days. Mm. You need it. And the food, like some of the ideas. And I saw a guy make a pizza the other day that he, he cut it into a star. But he did that because he wanted to put um, burrata in between each piece of the star. Yeah, so then over. when you yeah, eat it out, it went, it oozed out. And I was like, oh, fuck. But then, when, then when it's cooked, you can just sort of pull it. Yeah, it's so yeah. good. Because yeah, you don't yeah. have to worry about it going everywhere. It's yeah. amazing. <laughs> like, and, and some of the shit, like, um, just that you see on it and you go, fuck, I wish. I remember going to New York for a holiday and it was when the cronut was um, was created mm-hmm. and we rocked up into this, me and my partner, Lewis, we, we rocked up to this part of New York. We stayed at this great hotel and we walked on the way there, on the way to the hotel, I saw this line and I was like, so, and we were there for two weeks. We spent two weeks in New York. It was amazing. And, um, uh, and every day I walked past this line. I never thought to ask what it was. Anyway, the last couple of days, I was like, what are you lining up for? It's like this cronut. I know you heard about this cross between a croissant and a donut that they were doing, and there was lines every day doing that. And, and that shows you, like, that shit now, you have to be there to see it. Now we don't have to. we just got to watch it on Insta or That's it. Yeah, on that. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, uh, the ideas flow even more and quicker. Um, I saw yeah. the other day uh, croissants 
little baby croissants, which they make two, this one French patisserie in New York makes two cartons a day, just two packets a day of these mini croissants that are like, like, uh, like cereal. So you eat, they're just baby croissants that you, you pour your milk over and you eat like cereal. No way. Wow. You get 50 bucks a carton, like 50 bucks a minute. <laughs> wow. That's $100 for a packet, a 500 gram packet. They only do two packets a day. That'll be your How good would that be? Fucking roll of croissants, too. No they one can put eat your that. milk on that and just that's for a spoonful like that there. Dude, you'll die. Yeah, you'd die. That's, that's you'd, it. Well, you'd die, but it's like, <laughs> yeah. I've already done it. So yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to tell us about that, man? Like, yeah, that's, I think it's important. I think We've mentioned it a couple of times. August last year, I'd been to the cardiologist a couple of times pre. Probably my lifestyle and everything was starting to catch up a little bit, and I, I, um, I, I had a, had a rhythm heart arrhythmia. It's quite common, and um, it was even more common after the. Not that I'm blaming the COVID shots because the COVID shots saved millions of people, right? Okay, but it also um, it was a rushed shot really when we think about how and we had to though i mean we had no choice so there's going to be repercussions of it and a few people told me that they had this out of rhythm heart after covid shots and i never thought too much about it i just i've always been really quite fast and look at me now you know what i mean like a, mm-hmm. um anyway i um uh i done my three cardiologist appointments and i'd already been in hospital once and they they for arrhythmia they they knock you out and they bring you back quickly and that gets your heart back into uh, into rhythm um, but it just depends on how out of rhythm you could, how long it's been out of rhythm for. So when, so when you say out of rhythm, it's one side's beating like this and the other one's beating like this, or this one's beating like this and this one's beating like this, which is probably the worst way to be going, right? right. Because what happens is that, that, that this side's not keeping the liquid going through you. And so what happened was my, my lungs filled up with, with obviously liquid and, and um, blood and, um, and I got pneumonia. And uh, I ended up uh, uh, 20 days in a coma and died three times on the table. Um, it was full on. Ooh, my mum was really scared. They started cleaning yeah, my house out to sell the house, you know, before I was even gone. I was like, really? Mum, you know, like, she goes, <laughs> we had to do something. Like, we just had to, yeah, yeah. we needed something to just keep, keep, your hands busy, keep, yeah. keep our minds off yeah, it. Yeah, my brother, yeah. Yeah. Packing your said, house down was, was yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll just get ready for sale, you know. So. Do some gardening, yeah, mum. Yeah, Jesus right, Christ. Right, right. Why don't you fix my house up for when I survive rather than kick me out? Now she says you got a new kitchen out of it. I'm <laughs> like, thanks, Mum. But yeah. so then that happened, and um, and then I was in in ICU for six weeks. So um, so 20 days of coma. Died. They fixed my heart as soon as I come out of the coma. Like they they put a wire up and sizzle your heart to get it back into rhythm. So the nerve endings are all uh, right. So you can and I'm there as the doctors put this thing. You can hear it sizzling because you're awake. I could always smell it like oh, real hard, hard, you know? And I'm saying to the doctor, so yeah, I'm off a face. I'm like, off a face on Panadol and I'm like, <laughs> so do you like eating heart, doc? To the cardiologist and he's looking at me like, Are you crazy? Uh, <laughs> you know, I I was in a couple of weeks ago again and same tips. thing again, all the nurses like you've got to eat heart. If you're heart people, you've got to try heart. <laughs> yeah. Like like I love beef heart, you yeah. know. Yeah. The, the Indians used to gut that heart when uh, when those ox were bloody live and they'd eat a chunk out of that heart because they reckon it would give you all the strength of an ox. Yeah. You know, so you, I think it's important that iron that you get out of it. Anyway, so six weeks I've got to know all 
Thank you, all the nurses at Charlie Gardner Hospital. There you go. They got me through. The boy nurses, especially, all right. All the straight boys. They, uh, the girls were lovely too, but the boys just pushed me a bit harder to get out of there because I don't think they wanted to wash my willy anymore. Oh, right. you know, they, you know, no, because they were just they, they, they like, were all, dude, it's been so long. Yeah, You're yeah, perfectly yeah, yeah. fine. Just, just finish that off for a little bit more. You know? No, but um, the problem was it was erect when they were washing. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> right. And they were all young. Like, I mean, hats off, hats off to the nurses, right? Yeah. All young people that had to put up with this person in their in their hospital for six weeks mm. in ICU for six weeks yeah. so I got to know them all really well yeah. and um, so they but saved my life you know when you talk about the story of like dying and stuff you don't know any of that right like you've got no recollection I don't of remember dying but I remember the dreams I had um, while I was in in coma yeah I think so, that's the craziest bit yeah yeah, yeah, yeah I remember the dreams um, and and um, actually this is something um because you know they're all they've all been talking about indigenous foods for a long time, right? Okay, for so because I, I grew up in Onslow, I've got two nieces that are quarter caste Aboriginal, very close with the, the Aboriginal community up there. And my brother was was um, the first white man in the Pilbara to be allowed to um, to do a corroboree, to be a part, get the paint, face painted and stuff like that. So I'm, I like, to, like I'm, I'm almost black, right? Okay, okay, but I, and I'm not in that in a you know bloodline way. Own that in a family way, you know, yeah. like uh, we're mm-hmm. married into it, you know, and um, and you know, there's all this. Um, uh, so, the, sorry, where I was going was my last story, which I didn't tell you, is, was um, the reason why I came back, I believe, because I was sitting on the corner of the river, I was drinking beer with a couple of. Um, this is in the dream. A couple yeah. of Aboriginal elders, it was me, and they said to me, um, "Pete, we've got this outfit for you, but you, it's a warrior's outfit, but you can't wear it here." You need to go back home to be able to wear it. Um, but you know, I think, and I've been trying to work that out all for this all this time. You know, like yeah, so it's pretty full on. And yeah. I don't, I how real was that? That's crazy. Image, you remember though. it? Yeah, too. the image. I don't know. I don't know who was there. They were just voices. Yeah. I don't know who it was. I just they were just voices there. I remember the beer. I remember the outfit looked cool. You know, like uh, I was like, I could look great. Were you, were you watching it? Yeah. Yeah. Were you looking at the whole scenario, or were you in it without your eyes? Well, I was in it without my eyes. Like through your eyes, yeah. you were watching yeah, the whole yeah. thing, and then you hearing but I could these hear voices. The voices in my back, in the back. They, I couldn't see who it was. Wow. You know? They're um, just like not and yet. It, there was a lot of people praying for me, or, or being like there were a lot of people. I was very, very blessed. You know, although I've been, I've done a lot of good too. You know what I mean? Like charities and looked after people and done the right thing. I've done a lot of bad too, you know, and that's always been my my payoff for that. Yeah. But um yeah so and I think this Warriors outfit's about um just credibility within the space of food and and um and this whole a lot of money gets given out to um Aboriginal businesses to make their lives better. And I don't know how much of that that money goes to the right space. Right. And, um, and to the right people. And I think there's got to be more government um, looking at where that's going to make sure that it is going to the right spaces. And even in the food industry, like, like you know, if you're going to put a product out um, that says that it's got native bush foods in it, say salt bush, right? Um, you know, you don't want to... You want to make sure that it's got enough salt bush in it to warrant them being able to say it's got salt bush in it. There's yeah. got to be some credibility. Yeah, totally. And, and, and it's not just an essence or or a fake flavour that they're putting in it. Like lemon myrtle all of a sudden's in soap and fucking everything, right? It's in everything, right? Lemon yeah. myrtle, it's the lemon myrtle revolution, you yeah. know? Yeah. You know, like, like it's... <laughs> yeah, it's totally you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but you see, it's in everything. We don't produce, we're not allowed to produce, we, we're not allowed to bring any lemon myrtle over from the East Coast because of biosecurity, right? And yet... We've got lemon myrtle here, some, 
but not enough to do what we've been doing. It's in the, all the product. So, so we, how does that work? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. How does that work? So, but there should be someone, and I think that's where my next path will be headed. It will be um, along that line of um, just being a conduit for some of the growers now for these native foods mm. um, going into the right area and being able to harvest. And I don't want to grow it in that, but I want to be able to help them get to that point and empower some of the indigenous communities to be able to do that and help them get the money to be able to do that stuff. You know, I think that's, Very cool. that's important for me. I think uh, it's like we can't eat, there's no kangaroo supplier in WA. It all comes from South Australia and Queensland because we don't have a kangaroo abattoir and to put game game through an abattoir, you don't, they don't let you um, put it through like a, a beef abattoir or a pork abattoir. Or like mix it. Because it's got lots of, it can have parasites. Wild, in it. yeah. Um, but but the, the shooters know when they shoot it, they look at that kangaroo before they pick it up, they know whether it's got parasite in it because it's all scrawny, they'll just leave it there. You know what I mean? Whereas, and but the government doesn't give them enough credit for that. Yeah. Um, and it, they, and something could slip past, I suppose. And that's was the old pig stories. Can't eat pig raw because um, it's got worms in it. Yeah. You're fucking like. You're to take it past like eighty five. Yeah, yeah, like, you, know you, know like, yeah. you know, can't have it medium rare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like because it's done that. It's all wives' tale. It's like kangaroo. Yeah. You know, um, there's, a, there's a guy in Albany who does kangaroo. I want to be able to help him come to market. You know what I mean? I don't want money for it. Mm. If, we can, if we get paid along the way, it's a great thing. But but um, I don't need. I'd rather be helping people for the sake of helping. I'm not. not so you reckon that's the mission now? I think it is. Yeah, Aboriginal I think that's, that's food. What, that's Bush the whole Tucker. me dying uh, has helped me get to. You know. That's, so have you read the book Dark Emu? I've, I my good friend showed me about it. Um, yeah. And it's a and again that just just that in itself when you think about um, but people are going to want to do it too. This is our issue: is that we, it's good, but someone's got to instigate that. Someone's yeah. got to inspire them to want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like to be growing that that grain and stuff like that the way they were doing it. They've got to be inspired, and and it shouldn't be cheap. It's got to be expensive for the start off with. Kwandong's two forty a kilo dried. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, there's a guy David Thompson down in um, amazing guy does quick saltbush Kwandongs and things. But again, his road to market's hard. You know what I mean? He's a white bloke. You know, and mm-hmm. I'm not saying. It should be, we talk about racism and we talk about white guys and black guys and all this sort of Chinese and Koreans. Like, at the end of the day, we're all the same inside, right? Okay? Yeah, yeah. And, and if we're all doing, like Yoda, Yoda has been a pioneer in getting yeah, bush foods. Um, like, you, you can't, just because he's white, you can't be able to go. Aboriginal community's not having to go at Yoda. They love him. Yeah. Because he's he's brought that stuff to up to, to the market. He showed me so much stuff. And, yeah. and so you go, like, you can't knock somebody for that because they're not Aboriginal. Like yeah, that, totally. But then I mean? also what you're talking about is sort of like more the money side, corporate side. You can't have corporations come in and take over the lemon myrtle production in Western Australia no. and not give any to the community. We need to, I think New Zealand they have a tax on um, native product. Yeah. So there's a tax, I'm pretty sure, and it looks like this is the way I've been looking at it, how to go around it, but it's that, that tax then goes back to community. How it goes back, it's hard to understand it all really. Yeah. There's so much royalties for regions that go out there um, in the in the mining sector into the communities already. Sometimes that they they can that can get them a bit money hungry and they're not thinking straight. Um, and even the housing, you know, like really housing, the way we hit with housed Aboriginals for all these years, they they're nomad. They're not nomads. They're groups, but they don't need to be in a house. They just need communal cooking areas and 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 they need open plan. And but mm. there's been no talk of that stuff. Like we're still trying to put this referendum over. 
this sort of stuff like that. Don't get me wrong, I voted yes, you know, but uh, as much as that's disgusted some people, but at the same time, we need to be collectively thinking and talking about exactly what they were talking about, about the what, the, what we're spending our money on, because we are a hugely rich country. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're processing people offshore to come into this country, which is costing us billions and billions and billions of dollars a year to companies we don't even know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That money just goes out there. And those people are living in a squalor. You know what I mean? So imagine yeah. what's going on up north with Aboriginals. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's not good. Anyway, that's uh, so that's my next thing. So uh, that's fantastic. That, that's, that's after Recall. dying, I think. Uh, uh, just yeah, after have, dying, yeah. After, after, that's just having a bit of clarity with my life and, and then friends of mine and being looking at the whole sector and that. And I, um, but so, yeah, I come out on the other side six weeks later. I, 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 I broke, out, broke out of um, ICU one day. So, because uh, I had enough, I've been in there six weeks. Yeah, I, I hadn't seen, I hadn't seen the outside for six weeks. Like it was, it was murdering me. I ordered, I ran Kalis one day, and I said, "You need to send me one cooked crayfish, a dozen oysters, and a kilo of cooked prawns." Right? <laughs> and I sat in ICU <laughs> eating that shit. And, and they knew you. They knew I get Kalis sent it straight away. Yeah, yeah. I got the Uber. I got that, uh, got fucking the, Pete's ordered to the hospital yeah, again, yeah, fellas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know. The boys keep him there. The nurse went down again, and then I thought about the biosecurity issue that I had with yeah, all those people in the hospital with all that seafood and stuff doing all that. You know, so, so, uh, and then the Did they goes, send you the good stuff? Yeah, it was good. It was good. They looked after me. Yeah, nice. looked after me. That's I, so funny. Yeah, I know, but, but I was that starving for just a feed of cooked prawns or a dozen oysters. I just, you know, and, and I had an ice up at the top thing. I couldn't eat it all at one day, but I couldn't put it in anyone's fridge. <laughs> so next morning I was like, oh, crayfish for breakfast. You know, like, uh, it's so, also, yeah. It'd also be your body just crying out for whatever's in that. Oh. Like you haven't had it. Haven't so had it. Yeah. And yeah. Don't get me wrong, I love hospital food. Like, as okay. much as has that gravy on it we're talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. you know like, it's a good excuse to eat whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you're yeah. just eating that, all that shit. And, um, but in the end, I was like, um, I'd had enough, you know, like six mm. weeks of it. I can't um, imagine you being cooped up for fucking a day, let alone oh, six weeks. Six man. weeks, man. You know, Dude, six, I don't want to see Peter. After, after six coming weeks. out of a coma, right, boys, this, this one, right, 20 days, I couldn't walk, I couldn't eat, I couldn't put, my, couldn't put the tablets in my mouth to have a drink. You you lose only in twenty days. Yeah. I lost all bodily function. I had to be taught everything again. Oh. I had to fight with the nurse because they wouldn't let me go to the toilet by myself. You know what I mean? Because because the second time I went, I did fall over and hit my head on the Kimberly Clark um, uh, <laughs> toilet roll holder. Yeah. So I broke it, and they, that was that was a risk. After that, I had all the pads around me. So as soon as I moved, beep 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 beep. You know, so they they were onto me. Uh, but at least when I went back the other week. To the hospital and I saw that Kimberly Clark had a brand new one there. So I improved, I improved the hospital facilities. Yeah, they also have new rules about seafood in the ICU. Yeah, 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 imagine yeah, that, so yeah, what, three yeah. times. I'm taking a feed of kangaroo next week anyway, you know? Yeah. 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 Just when they're laying down the rules, they're like, you know, like this is what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and you can't bring in oysters. And <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, 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 yeah. I know that. Well, they just, now, now it's part of the thing, but they looked after me. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Well, one nurse, it's called right? the Pete yeah, it's a manifest rule. There was one nurse, one older lady, right? The manifest a, a manifest. Matron, a matron, okay, a matron. Yeah. And <laughs> I didn't know, like, when you're in hospital for a bit longer, for all those out there, there's actually scrubs in there. You actually can get, like, proper little tidy whities to throw away and, um, and, and proper um, pants. You don't have to wear the, the robe, right? 
but nobody told me any of this. So, so the, for the first three or four weeks or three weeks I was in there, I was walking around bare, bare <laughs> ass and the robe, you know, so you never can get that bottom run up anyway. So you'd saw us like that. So it's like all those old people walking around in there. So I'm not young, right? I want everyone to see my bits. I mean, I'm happy to go somewhere so they can see my bits. But not the hospital. Anyway, the nurse, the nurse would be fixing, keep fixing up my back bit, you know. And I said to her, listen, she's done it once. And I was like, look, I'm just going to let you know. If you're going to do that, just let me know you're going to be touching my butt to... <laughs> To, to fix up the, the what's her name, right? Please, that's all I'm asking you to do. Well, she didn't, all right? Okay, she didn't. That was the that was the day I come out from my heart thing, and you know, I had a lot of drugs in me, and I just I went schizo for the night. Like um, and the and the poor boy's in there with a the tablet saying it's a benzo, and he's saying just take this, you'll be fine. And I'm going, no, I don't want to take any more drugs because <laughs> I, that's going to send me crazy or anything like that. Yeah. Crazy. And I, I took it, of course. Um, I ended up on the floor at 4am, like in my own... Yeah, it wasn't great, right? Wow. Um, it really mucked me up because... but I, I, and, I, and I got that lady in a lot of trouble because I was like, if that was one of the boy nurses doing that to one of the girls, they would have been instantly out of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we talk mm. about sexism and racism and all that stuff. Like, that's not cool, you know what I mean? Like, I, And I just said to her, it's important even... I, I, like you reckon she did something inappropriate? No, I don't. She was only doing a job, but it ah. still affected my mindset because I'd already asked her to just get, to yeah, give yeah, me the yeah. heads up. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? That's Some acknowledgement. All. It was rather all. Than that's doing all it was. Wrong. I'm happy for anyone to touch my ass. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. trust me, in this day and age, anyone can do what they want. You know, but, but I was just six so, weeks in yeah, that yeah. hospital. I would just be weeks. just walking around. Yeah, yeah, would yeah. Are you full naked? You don't have to. Like, I don't have to get a robe. I don't care anymore. Oh, you know, like, I reckon after five heat, days, I'll like, be like, whatever. You know, like, yeah, I, don't know, I don't know what I'd do on a benzo. Hey, they sound fucking hectic. Yeah, they're pretty good. I, I fell asleep one, on one on the toilet talking to my niece once. So um, that was interesting. I had the Eagles jacket. I was too tight for me. And we're talking. And she was like, are you all right, uncle? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It's just fine. a benzo. Yeah, it was a benzo. <laughs> they sound hectic, hey, benzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, they put you out. It's not, not a good look. Everything in moderation's all right, I think. But um, mm. but uh, yeah, that sent me a bit out there. Super interesting to like have, um, you know, some revelations in your dreams while you're in a coma, and then to come out and the back end of it is like the experience of being in a hospital for <laughs> yeah. six weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like you've got like yeah. this, you've got this like um, life changing mental experience and then the physical back end is like just like Give it hardcore. And you can't, oh, I can't, well, you can't do anything about, about it, it you know? Now, boys, look, I know I'm, what I need to do but I can't even but chew. Even living, like I've been living off um, Centrelink for, for the last, because I ran out of money ages ago, you know, luckily my mum's they're quite wealthy after the fishing business yeah. and, and there's a lot of stuff being paid off for us boys and stuff, stuff that they worked hard to be able to look after us with, you know, so my mum's been there to help big time. Um, but I haven't been able to earn any money because I've still a doctor's certificate, right? So yeah. even to this day. So I'm on $300 Centrelink a week. $300 oh, is fucking... Fuck, so rough. Right, that's my beer at the moment. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. No, no, that's my food, you know? Yeah. Uh, a couple of beers through the week or all like that and it's gone, you know? No money to pay bills or anything. Um, and you... So, so even to be able to... Create, I had this... I was drawing up... The, the day after coming out of the coma, I was drawing pictures of my van. I was going to redeck the van out, travel up north and do all this and that. And yeah. I, was the, I was the man with the van to plan. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And I did. I got to, I got to Jarrett and my feet swelled up. I had to come back home again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, you know, because I was worried. I, I didn't want to be too far away from the hospital in case something happened. Yeah. Um, but I had all these dreams and aspirations that I had to slow down now. And someone said to me just the other day, you're 
you used to be so driven and had a backbone and all this. You're just so chilled and relaxed now. I've got to be. Yeah. I've got to be. I've got to chill and relax. So I can't yeah. do that now. And this is, you know, you, I'm, I'm going to die. You know what I mean? I've got to, mm. I've got to be more aware of my body, you know. Um, like I said, two weeks ago, I was back in hospital for five days, but um, I felt my heart this time being out of rhythm. I'd never felt it in all that time. But now, because I'm so more in tune with myself, yeah. when I felt out of rhythm, I got to Charlie's on, sitting at 210, um, and they were just worried. They kept me in for five days, done all these tests and shit, and, um, and it turns out I'm okay. You know, I just got to mm. manage my life, you know? Can't be too overboard with anything. It's a weird commonality yeah. in chefs, hey? Mm. We all, I don't know if it's like just a, like, you're that kind of person, so you go into chefing because there's not much else for you to do. But we have this commonality of like pushing ourselves real hard and kind of like putting a lot to the side and just like chasing, you know, experiences of like, if unfortunately for me as well, drugs and alcohol and experiences and like pushing yeah. hard in kitchens and and everything I, else. Yeah, we, it's, yeah, because we chatted about this a bit. And yeah, where's the like, what came first, the chicken or the eggs kind of scenario? Like, yeah. were you always going to be that bloke? Got a family. Yeah. Imagine, because yeah. if you've got a family, there's, 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 you've got a little re- a little reason instead of your wife having a go at you. Because I know even people like Kenny, you know, struggle with certain things, and mm. and um, his wife was there to pull him out and his kids, and and that's 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 a bonus. So yeah. being a gay guy and not having that stuff, I, I, I don't think we're not disadvantaged at all. Like trust me, but because we very selfish, you know what I mean? Like we we don't have. A wife and a family as well. Yeah. That's that's the selfish side of it, and that's changing. But back in my day, never thought that we could get married and all that carry on. Mm. Um, and so, so there was always more, a bit more free and and easy. It's, um, it's, it's like know? it's just targeting where your drive is, though. Mm. Like if I have like when my daughter came around, that was it. Yeah, she's just. I don't give a fuck about She's it. She's the star of yeah, life. Yeah, well, I mean, still work hard, but that was it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. But there so, are people that, like, had kids come along too early and that wasn't... They yeah, didn't. They didn't totally. change just yet. They didn't flip. Yeah. Oh, there's young up-and-coming stars now in the industry. We've got kids young and, and still mucking up a little bit. And, yeah. Um, and, I don't know, I think now just talking about the story, being a bit more um, open about what's been going on and seeing... Like, I hang out with Scott Brannigan quite a lot, right, from Britain Common or from Coogee Common. We, we're good mates, so, and I hang out with his wife and his kids, and, and I love the family life, and we, we've got a good bond, you know? Um, and seeing him going to the gym every second day inspires me. I still haven't got the gym, but, you know, yeah. at, the same, at the same time, I want to be healthier, you know what I mean? And I imagine mm. all these chefs underneath him, I see them all wanting to go to the gym with him or go together, and it's, it's a, you can create new... Um, yeah, that's, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's yeah. powerful yeah. too. Yeah. You can. I think that's important in your crew. If you're inspiring that, if you're doing gear and doing this and smoke a pot and drinking too much, you're only going to promote doing that within your kitchen. Yeah. So if you can keep your head out of that and have mm. you go to the gym and go swimming and eating, having parties where you're eating healthy and and doing the right thing, then that should be promoted into your kitchens. And I think that's yeah. important. You know. So the uh, you know. the drugs and alcohol, I reckon for me was more about just trying to have good experiences. A life. I wasn't trying to like um, escape anything, mm. like a yeah, bad childhood too. or anything like that. Like the heavy drinking and all those things. Yeah, it's being a part of a crew, and that's what we did. Yeah. So that's how you bonded. But I feel like I was just trying to get more experiences, right? Like because you worked all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it. so. Yeah, no, I understand. And it's I guess like it's a part even, of it. But even if you're tired on your fifth day. You're still going to go out at the 1am 
to whatever the spot is. Yeah. And drink. Because, like, when else are you going to do it? Yeah. You've got to let go. Unfortunately, that's... Lucky was at Connie's with his shirt off, you know Fuck what I mean? Yeah. So, oh, yeah? Said, no, no, I never saw that. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> but, I mean, this did happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he just didn't oh, see me. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was, he I heard was like, it, man. Fucking night, you know? Okay. So, what was he doing? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 should have seen me. Well, that was back when the, to- that. That was that. Back <laughs> the toilets weren't just a toilet. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I actually quite like connections, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just fun. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. It's fun. A bit of wild now for me. You know what's good in Perth? Um... Fringe, just finished, right? Yeah. Like, I live in Northbridge, mm-hmm. and to see the people out, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every night of the week, and be excited to be out all dressed up and stuff. And, mm-hmm. like, I walk my dogs through Northbridge at 6.30, 7 o'clock over the last three weeks, it's been amazing. Like, yeah. real... Feels like you're in Barcelona. You could be anywhere in the world. It's been a really good yeah. fringe, actually. Mm. People have been out heaps, man. Mm. So heaps, you know, heaps, and I heaps. think that's that seeing that sort of stuff and understanding that and making sure Perth keeps up with all that stuff is important too. You know, yeah, those sort of events and that. And we have lots of stuff. Summer's good, and then we all hibernate for three, four months. You know, ten months of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. ten months. Um, look, we've got to degrees. change the cameras. Do you want to do a bonus round and hang around for a bit, or you reckon you'd? Jeez, I mean, I'm happy, but another I beer. Gonna, I mean, we've got a. Yeah. Another beer toilet break. Yeah, yeah, that's one more, but not so hopsy and new age. Right. You're an old school guy. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm There's a, a slushy machine right. out there. Oh, yeah, slushy's good. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> right. If I could have a slushy in my own in my own house, I would have a slushy. I know. I, I love to. I love the Nutribullet, right? I get the Nutribullet. I put four or five cubes of ice in it, big blocks, five scoops of Milo, big scoops of Milo, top it up with milk, and then whiz it. It's like Milo milkshake. It's the best. I thought you were going to make a cocktail for a yeah, second. Well, but you yeah, well, like, Kalura in that would be great. You're making a chocolate milk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even better. <laughs> and you know what the other one is? Um, I don't know if they're still making it, but Browns come out with. Um, I love what Browns have done. Right? If you look at the Browns product on the shelves, they've gone into um, environmentally friendly packaging. All right. Okay. Um, so that all the I've only buy one liter milks now. I don't buy the plastic bottles. I mean, look, trust me, I've, I've bought plenty of plastic other stuff but, mm. um, and bags and shit like that. But the, for some reason, I feel like I'm doing the right thing by the planet by buying this one litre milk because it's fully recyclable. But they bought out this chocolate milk, I don't know if you t- tasted it, which was literally just cocoa and milk, right? So it was chocolate milk without any sugar in it, right? And it was fucking stunning. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, stunning. Browns. Yeah, Browns. Just here, local little company or big company. Yeah. Um, and they come out with a vanilla one and, a, and just the chocolate one. I don't think it went as well as what they thought it was going to, yeah. but it was good. They had one dedicated customer, that's me. for yeah, sure. Yeah. I was even at the at the uh, Perth, um, at the Crown, helped my mate do some promotions for his business, Indigenous business, and um, and Browns was the store behind, for the Buy West Deep Best thing. Browns was the store right behind, right? Okay, and and I was like, boys, I need to be doing your your. Uh-huh. I've got to be. I've got to be your, your pinup boy for Browns. You know, <laughs> imagine that with cow suit on or something like that. It'd be great. You know, I'd love yeah. to do that. So, <laughs> your face in the cow suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's an epic story, man. Like, yeah, um, yeah. thank you. We'll take yeah. a break Thanks and come me. back. And uh, it's amazing. You can be a part of a bonus round. We have those famous questions: the hangover, okay, the stealing. As long as I get that fucking slushy, I'm alright. <laughs> as long as someone gets their shoes back, bro. Okay, yeah. You never get whatever that water is up there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> brown yeah. water. I think that's that's iced tea. In I there, think I so. Well, it looks like something else. I'll just go put a bit of <laughs> yeah. ice cubes in it. You'll be all right. Yeah.